We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, welcome to the True Faith Radio Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Joined today by Ben, Mickey, and first timer Andy. Hello, lads. Hello, it's not his first time. Yeah, first time radio show, Ben. I don't think it is. You just said oh, I didn't swear last time I was on. So you done radio show? I'm a little bit upset about this. Yeah. I wasn't here, was I? You so were. Doesn't doesn't really count if I wasn't I, here. I, I think you were. You just you've just wiped it. No, no, definitely. I definitely was. Because we were calling Andy Dodds at the start. Oh yeah, that is uh, true. Yeah. Anyway, the patter is on the radio show. Second timer Andy's here. Uh, this week we're going to look back at Newcastle's heroic 1-1-2-2 draw with Southampton. Uh, is it all that or are people going a little bit overboard? We'll look ahead to the Swansea game tomorrow and talk through the rest of the Premier League. A couple of points I want to go through. I didn't want to say notices again or Mickey would get upset. I'm not bothered about notices, <laughs> just without further ado. <laughs> um Get us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pods. Uh, the podcast is out every Monday night by ten o'clock. Uh, we still have the Martin Hardy interview online, uh, where he goes through his book "Touching Distance," which is absolutely class. Buy it, read it if you're a Newcastle fan. Any of you lads bought or read it yet? I haven't no. no, not yet. I'm going to keep uh... saying this every week until you've bought and read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should. It's a cracking book about uh, Newcastle's rise under Keegan. Um, so yeah, we may as well kick, kick the show off. Who wants to go first, lads? Andy, uh, second timer. Right. Sorry, Mickey. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Though. What do you mean by going overboard? Who's going overboard? Are people uh, going crazy? I, I've not seen anything. I don't think we're going overboard. Some people are saying what I think was a very positive, I re- positive game, and I thought Newcastle were really good. Yeah. Some people are saying we deserve to get beat. Uh, Southampton played away in Europe on the Thursday. The manager wasn't there. It's actually a bit more worrying than that. And it's just what, what's the consensus? Obviously, it's two extreme views that Newcastle was mint, everything will be fine. To so we can't, st- we're basically, if they cross the ball, they're going to score. Uh, to you know, we needed to win. Look at the next five games, they're really difficult. So, Andy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was uh, I was relatively pleased with what I saw. Um, 
It was strange we actually made a couple of chances, which towards the back end of the last season we didn't really make any chances whatsoever. It was always nice to maybe get a little bit excited at a point. But um, obviously the first goal we scored was a bit of a fluke, but she said chesting it in, who doesn't want to see that? Um, <laughs> the second goal was a genuinely good goal. Like, it was a really good goal, wasn't it? Work over Tan. Absolutely worldly cross. I haven't seen that in a very long time. So yeah, I took quite a lot of positives from it. I just want to point out a uh, really good crack from Stuart Fraser, Art Stu Fraz on Twitter. says, uh, um, It sounds like a really good crack dogger the way you I know, it. I know someone won't be happy, but I thought Ahsoka was really good on Sunday. <laughs> so I don't know who you were referring to, but I'll come to you anyway, Mickey. <laughs> Do you agree? In fairness, he was decent. Um, I mean, my whole thing about Ahsoka, I think it's justified. I do. I honestly do think it's justified. I don't want to spend any time talking about him today because he was decent. <laughs> He's sick um, of it. He wasn't a world beater though. Let's not like, let's not get too excited about it. He he is better than he performs for Newcastle consistently. Yeah, he is. There's no there's no argument with that. If he wanted to be one of the best players in the league, he could be. He's got he's got everything that he needs. He's strong. He's fast. He knows how to play. He can beat a man. He can head the ball. Honey. Well, that's what that's what McLeod. Yeah, well, he scored the header against West Ham, didn't he? Oh, he did. I, I yeah, beat there too, a defender. So he's done it once. He's done it once. So he, he's done it once. So he must be able to do it like consistently. But he, to be he, fair, that, that McLaren said that, didn't he? Um, when he did that uh, radio phone in the other week, I think he said on his first day, Sissoko came into his office and he, in his mind, he said he was thinking, "Whoa, what an athlete I've got here!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like sort of drooling in his mouth, just thinking <laughs> of the possibilities. But. um he he said basically he wants to build the team around Sissoko <laughs> on the right and, wing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he but if he can get him playing, if he can get Sissoko caring enough to try his hardest in every game, which is the minimum you would expect, then I, I think Sissoko, like I say, could be one of the best players in the league. And yeah, he was decent. He was decent against Southampton. Yeah, but the game overall, I kind of I'm sitting very much in the middle ground of everything you said before. Like, I thought we played well, we passed the ball well, we created chances, which we haven't seen in ages, but. The lack of height and aerial aerial ability at the back is definitely a concern. I thought Mbemba got found out in the air for the first goal, um, which is disappointing because other than that he was excellent. But he's he's not going to win much in the air at six foot. Colachini's not that great in the air against teams that can put decent balls in. Teams like Stoke. You just stop the cross, though, don't you? Yeah. That's, well, what, that's what you've got to do. You've got to tell your wingers and your central midfielders stop the cross. Or if they are going to cross the ball, it's going to have to be a, a ridiculous cross, not a both goals, three crosses. Players able to cut in, have a look, um, just yeah. drifted into the back post. Basically, we've, we've come on to a couple of points, so we'll address them individually. It and didn't help that Haidara had a stinger. We'll come on to them. I just want to go back to something Andy said about creating chances um, and how you you were quite happy. Um, one of the most impressive things for me was that Newcastle exerted pressure, consistent pressure, for the first time in about five years. <laughs> uh, under Pardew, we played counter-attacking football whenever, and you know the lack of ability to keep the ball because we played the ball long. What you know, even when we're quite good, meant that teams often weren't you know there wasn't backs to the wall for teams coming to St James's Park. I said on the podcast on Monday that first the equaliser was coming. Ever since Southampton scored, there was only one team going to score, and it would just get Southampton were getting pushed further and further back. And that that was kind of shown from the goal when that corner was played out short. I, I can't remember played short or it was headed away. Normally a team would it's charge out, away, it? charge out. Southampton's defence was totally static. No one moved because they'd been pushed back so far. Do you reckon that's a, a McLaren thing he's gone for, Andy, or do you think it's just a 
general thing that would happen to any football team managed by a competent person, not <laughs> not Pardew or Carver. I don't necessarily think it's just because of McLaren. I think it's it's the classic new manager. Um, everyone try a bit harder. A few more tactics in there. Like you said, we did hold on the ball for a lot longer than we used to. And I mean, it's shown how effective that is. It's a simple little thing just to hold on to it for a bit longer and not just pump the ball up. Like, not give it a Mike Williamson 70-yarder. Someone just to play a couple of short passes. Um, yeah, and it's seeming to work for now. Um, obviously, it's only one game. But, yeah, really, I thought that that was the main difference, to be honest, was just ball retention for a little bit longer every time. Not necessarily for a lot longer, just a little bit longer every time. And all of a sudden, there's a lot more pressure. It's certainly something that McLaren's been known for, particularly when he's went across to Europe as possession football. It was obviously a distinct tactic that we've employed because it was going out from the keeper short nearly every time. The only time really it wasn't going short was when he was pinging it across to Hydara, totally mark, which was <laughs> was pointless. <laughs> that, that was because they they pushed up there on the back on the two, so they they noticed we were going short every time, and they started pressing up on Mbembe, yeah. on Yama, on Colaccini. So okay, Hydara wasn't probably wasn't his best shout, but it was probably one of them where at the time Hydara was left open, and then they were pushing him because they that was it. You could see that was a, a, a an effort that they made to close down Hydara sort of quickly every time. Yeah, something we learned we um, for for school football, we once got a coach in from Middlesbrough for a season. One of the first things he did with us was getting the two centre halves to split to the edge of the box either mm-hmm. side, looking for the short ball, and one of the centre mids dropping in. And that was that was obviously happening, which I liked. I like to see because, if, I mean, if they're teaching us that at, at school football, it's got to work. Like, well, yeah, I agree. I mean, if some guy from Mills was coming in and teaching it as like his first specific tactic to sort the team out, two centre half splitting at the sides of the box to pick the ball up short, like it's obviously something that because we've never done it before, it's obviously something they've been taught to do. Oh, definitely. I mean, you, you could tell that was Anita's first sort of thing every time wasn't it and it was basically dropping into the back three yeah, and giving an option and just trying to sort of find space where he could take it off Krull because we all know Krull cannot kick the ball anyway <laughs> yeah. so interesting, interesting thing about that I've just realised is that guy's come from Middlesbrough when McLaren was manager of Middlesbrough oh, I thought that's, that's why you were making the point no no <laughs> I, right. I only just don't know me but that might have been something that he employed right down the club mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot it's, of sense I mean it's not something just he does you see a lot, no, of, no, lot no, of teams do that don't they but that was I think that was refreshing for me to see just like the, the desire to to pick the ball up and play it short from the start, we never had that under Pardew or Carver or anyone that I can really remember beforehand. To be fair, though, you couldn't really deploy that with Williamson because they would have just <laughs> let him have the ball every time and then just waited for him to give the ball away. <laughs> yeah. It would have been suicide. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to Hydara. I think a lot of Newcastle fans is kind of one of the most tweeted things this week is Hydara. I'm still a big fan. I think there's a player in there. It would be nice to have a... It would be nice to have a Jan Matt who's a left back, like in Hydara coming through challenging. It might be a bit much, but if you put Sissoko. Or maybe a Santon. Yeah, maybe a Davide Santon. <laughs> but if you put Sissoko with Hydara, I think he'd have played a lot better. Basically, Obertan just puts so much pressure on him because he just doesn't do anything defensively. He doesn't know how to play left way. Obertan doesn't really know how to play football, yeah. <laughs> apart from running really fast with the ball, kind of positioning or making space, something like that. So <laughs> I think Hydara as well. Uh, his confidence was massively effective. He loves bombing on normally down that left wing, but because he knew if he bombed on, got to the byline and messed up, there'd be no one behind him. So mm-hmm. he, he kind of refrained from attacking, and his defensive game was poor. Both goals came from that side. There isn't really any. He, put, he put the cross in. 
the deflected, heavily deflected cross he did. He still, still was there to put it in there. Some, <laughs> someone had to. No, Gab- by the way, Gabby the, wasn't going to do it. The keeper there, by the way, was really poor for Southampton. Yeah. Flat-footed, just watched the ball go over his head <laughs> to Cisse. Um The thing with Haidara, I, I, we mentioned on the podcast, or maybe just when we we're talking after the match, they they seem to have an obvious tactic of closing closing him down more than ev- everyone else on our team. Mm-hmm. Immediately, he was getting surrounded. So obviously that's affected his game because it's looked like he's lost the ball more than anyone else. But he, but he, he did. Like, there's no two ways about it. He lost the ball more than anyone else. He didn't have a good game. He is a good player though, and I think he'll be a good left back for us. Yeah, Mickey, I want to come on to a point you said earlier about the problem we'll have uh, dealing with crosses in the box. I think you're just a little bit harsh on Mbemba, but we've talked about it before. I think when when you give a player like Pele, like when you give the winger free range to just cross it wherever he wants. I think maybe Kroll again could have done better. I think Kroll should have saved it. Like I thought he should have saved the second one, although he had a good game, made some good saves. Do you think that Cissé basically, although he scored, do you think the fact that he can't defend set pieces because he ends up smashing people in the face with his elbow <laughs> when he does it, and he can't, do you think that's another reason possibly to, to see the back of him from the start of eleven? No, in that I, formation. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can base your choice of forward on whether he, or not he can defend set pieces. That's that's madness. Like you base your choice of forward on whether we can score goals and make good moves in attacking positions. But I mean, there's an argument. There's an argument there, I guess. But no, if if I was a manager, there's no way I'd base my choice of centre forward on whether or not you can defend a corner. I'll, I'll just pack myself up there a little bit. If it's a close call between two centre forwards, when your castle so bad defensively and I made the point I don't know where I made it but to you lads or podcast about the fact that both we have attacking set players especially at the end they had both Pele and Long picking up our players where Cissé just can't do that he just mil- I yeah, don't know why they've got Long back there like scored a header yeah but he's not a particularly tall lad is he scored yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's tall enough he's anyway not, he's about as tall as Cissé but anyway it's, no, it's, the point the point is valid. Dodd. It's I, not like, Cissé's height that's the issue here. <laughs> it's the fact he just can't do it. The point the point's valid. I guess if if you've got a toss up between two forwards who are exactly the same, and one of them can defend set pieces and one can't, then you choose the one that can because he's got some and the other one hasn't. But if it, it's not, is it at the minute? Mitrovic is an unknown quantity. We're not just going to hire him in. I don't. I, don't, I think Mit, I think Mitrovic <laughs> would be far more. his first tackle, you goodness knows <laughs> what he'll do in the box. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just think Cisse is not suited to that formation. I think he, I, re, I love Papi. I think he's he's one of my favourite Newcastle players. And if he stops at Newcastle for the next three years, if they give him a new contract, you'll get fifty goals if he stays fit, which is a big if. Um, but in that formation, you need a. I think you need someone who can help out defensively. B. You need someone who can offer you anything outside the box. Cisse offers you nout outside the box. Um, and you also need someone that can run channels and create, or at least hold the ball up for your attacking midfield players. To, to bomb on and I don't think CC does any of that so well, I agree with all of those points but that's not what, <laughs> that's not what you asked <laughs> I know that I'm just I'm just. <laughs> it's just changing the question to make you look silly <laughs> I'm just, I'm just giving you my general to. reason why, why I wouldn't have when you say we can't play Mitrovic because he's an unknown quantity because uh, that's, not what I, that's not what I said either what did you say uh, he is, I, he's an unknown quantity so you can't say that it's a, a toss up between the two at the moment I think but they've, they've, that's, we've only had him for a, how long one, how long have we doing pre-season four weeks or something training I still think it's when you when I don't know I think we need to be careful with the term toss up like one of them one of the others in for start and birth that to me is the traditional toss up but obviously you're approaching it from a different angle what? anyway this is a <laughs> really brilliant discussion lads but um let's move on okay yeah Mickey, you're right 
I'm wrong. I'm really think, confused. Anyway, like the, you can see what Mitchell Rich offered for the, the 20 minutes he was on or whatever. He's going to be able to hold the ball up. <laughs> no. <So, laughs> what? No, on Sunday because we couldn't get the ball up. Sorry, yeah. Uh, well, no, but he did. He held it up a couple of times. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, to be fair, he came on for the worst part of our game. So it was a bit unlucky. He, I, I thought he. And the game against uh, that we saw him play against um, Bruce Schumann, uh Gladbach, he he's a big lad. He's going to be able to help sort of handle himself. I think he'll be able to hold it up, and that's what we're looking for. What you're saying there is you need someone that's going to bring in those three behind him. They're attacking mid, so you got Wijnaldum who looked really good, yeah. Sissoko and whoever's going to play on the left, hopefully Aaron's or whoever. You need someone that's going to be able to help get up the pitch when we need to. So I think he's going to give him time to settle in. I mean, he's a 20 year old lad. He's only been in on Tyneside for a couple of weeks but I, th- I expect him to start when, when uh, once he's sort of embedded in yeah yeah I totally agree I'm I'm on the same page by the way I'm not necessarily arguing that Cissé should start ahead of Mitrovic here but okay I think Cissé though offers you as you say offers you goals and that's at the, <laughs> at the end of the day that's what you need because we're going down to Swansea tomorrow I need to talk to you about pick up time because I'd like to leave about <laughs> five but not happening <laughs> um, you can keep on the you can, I'm driving you can literally keep the it's way still there. not happening <laughs> Um, who would you start tomorrow, Ben? Mitrovic, as you say. I think away from home, I would play Mitrovic, just because, especially watching how well Swansea were against Chelsea, they're probably going to dictate a lot of the play. So I think we'll be on the back foot a lot of the time, and we'll need someone to help with get out and hold the ball up up front, and just to basically get up the pitch. So I would go. I would probably go with Mitrovic. We're looking to bring Cisse on, yeah. but depending on how the, the game goes. Lads, uh, Andy. Yeah, I would agree. I'd, I'd definitely start Mitrovic. Um, the reason behind that is obviously we scored two last week from crosses. Um, I'd be back in Mitrovic to win more in the end. And see, I know he's not particularly tall, but um, he's just got a bit more of a presence about him. He's not How tall get, is he? He's not massively tall. I think he's like six foot. The six foot dead. That's the internet age. Well, you, come you, back, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I reckon he'll he'll win a lot more in the air just purely because of his strength. He's not going to get pushed out of the way as much. Um, and I just wanted to see a bit more of him last week because <laughs> obviously he's sort of new into the Premier League. Um, would I like to see how well he was? Sorry for laughing. I thought just, you had his height there. Not no, the, no, it's just, it's just the most. I've, I've googled Mitrovic and it's uh, <laughs> a Lee Ryder article with the most ridiculous picture of anyone I've ever seen. It's each, each just looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're right there, Andy. By the way, um, Cisse has scored quite a few goals with his head, but he doesn't. He doesn't score headed goals or win challenged headers. Ooh, six He's foot two and a half. Really? really? He does not look six foot two and a half. One point eight nine meters for those of you who deal in that. He's quite square as well, isn't he? He's like he's a big lad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, is not going to. He's not going to challenge and win headers for you. Whereas you would assume it's someone of the. Well, the six foot two and a half of mm. Mitrovic Free. would at least give you a better chance of that. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how we play, though. I, I would be surprised if we went out with the same kind of possession-based mentality away at Swansea. The only worry I've got is Mitrovic. If he start them, he'd probably be sent off after fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Just so like pumped up for his first start. Looks like an absolute rag packer, doesn't he? He's surely not going to be that Larry when he gets his first start. Ho- though, hope not. Run out, <laughs> diving. The um. Interesting thing about tomorrow though is Cissé has an excellent record at Swansea. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. He's scored one of my favourite favourite ever Cissé goals at Swansea. The chip, great goal. Was Judas Kabai with a great pass as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to, um, like you say, Judas Kabai's return to St James's Park because you will get people that will clap him. Oh yeah, not us. Loads. Not us. 
People have just like people have just completely forgotten that he refused to play for us. As if it didn't happen. I'm not a fan of clapping any place. I know like you have your long term servants that maybe you- maybe don't leave on on the right on bad touch. You know, like if you so I don't know someone that's paid played for five years, six years, the club have let him go and he comes back. I don't have Barry as much. Speed an issue, always got a good reception. But yeah. do you know what I mean? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would just never. Once they don't play for it, I don't care about you. <laughs> like you're gone. You're not our like any our issue anymore. Um, so I don't agree with Clapton players coming back. No, I'm having the same. Uh, I'm going to get by a horrible reception. Get behind your own lads. That's what yeah. I say. Uh, we may as well kind of move on from the Swansea end. But finally, how tell the listeners, lads, start with you and work clockwise. Yeah, you're going to get it right this time. <laughs> Got it right this time. <laughs> clockwise <laughs> in a room of two people when you're asking <laughs> questions is difficult. Andy, how we're going to get on at Swansea? I think a realistic one-one. Oh, one-one, Mickey. I'm going to go with an ambitious 2-0. Oh, Mickey. We'll definitely concede. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my only thought process. They've not got any tall strikers. Well, Gomez is probably Mitrovic territory. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. And he's great in the air. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wrong, that, wasn't it? You've made a 2-1. Terri- a terrible point all around for you. <laughs> to, to be fair, Mickey, you probably didn't think he was that tall because he's usually crawling around <laughs> on the grass. <laughs> Uh, like four foot or whatever he is when he's crawling doing a ridiculous like, celebration I think I'd be really uncomfortable if I was the, the fan sitting where he's crawling towards <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't look like a nice sight it's uh, oh, <laughs> scary isn't it? Um, I'd love to go there tomorrow and witness for win 2-0 but I can't see it I think um, we'll do well I think it'll be another 2-2 this is confidence if anyone listened to the radio show in the months like February to May when we're basically every game, we're just like, we're not even going to do a prediction because we will get beat. <laughs> um, we're turning up at Swansea, who are like a really formidable Premier League yeah. team with our lot, who who lost nine in a row not too long ago, <laughs> with, with three additions and like seven players leaving the club. It's a, a, way more important than that, though, is that John the man Carver isn't in charge. So. I mean, that, that, no, and, and, and the cronies and the rest of them, and that, the training that, staff as well. When, when they were in charge, it was like seven out of seven players against 11. Like, yeah. There was just no point. There literally was no point was there, second half of last season. Gufran just starring yeah. in that team. So it's seven players plus two of them are Williamson and Gufran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Standards. You're playing five players. You're playing five aside, essentially. <laughs> I'll give you my prediction. I think and I think we're, it'll be a really good game. I think there'll be loads of chances, and I reckon uh, it'll be nil-nil. <laughs> Don't see, if it's nil-nil, I'm demanding a refund from you. For being taught in the corner, a twelve-hour bloody round trip. You clearly haven't got, got up at four o'clock or whatever time. You clearly you haven't seen Newcastle very much, Ben, because nil-nil well, would, would rank in like the, yeah. the top five percent of results. Right. <laughs> following them away from me. No, you're right. Um, I know what you mean. Me, me you, and uh, Pete Mack are going down tomorrow. I'm driving. Pete Mack of Soundtrack fame. Soundtrack, the very one who did our. Song. Oh yeah, of course. The, the very same. <laughs> yeah, Soundtrack fame. Yeah, Pete Pete Mack does the uh, the music for us. He's a quality musician. Andy said, "I was going to say, is he going to be sporting Swansea, being Welsh and all?" No, no, because he's he's come down with he's us. Come he? with us, good. Andy said on his way, and he was most looking forward to hearing the uh, Edmunds music again. It is, it's my favourite part. <laughs> well, uh, I apologise to you, Andy, for messing it up for about <laughs> the fifth <laughs> week running. Re- really upset. <laughs> One of these days, I will get it working properly and not just cut into whatever rubbish we're listening to before we go on live. Okay, lads. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? We on need a lot, though. Because I thought. The two, the, the the match. God, I can't even speak yet. The review of the match and then the preview of the match would take longer than twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. If we're struggling for a point, surely Shakiri to Stoke 
It's a bit of well, a talking We're not struggling, but why don't we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably the most shocking transfer I've seen in a very long time. From who? From whose beho- on, on whose behalf? Well, the player of the club. The player going to to Stoke City. I mean, I don't think a year ago Shakiri had heard of Stoke City. Careful what you say, mate, Andy. The, in, the in-laws in Stoke at the minute. That's, they it, are the minute. Indeed, that's, where, they're, that's where they're from. <laughs> but um, but no, I just I just don't understand it. Do you think he's watched any any videos of Stoke? Over the last couple of years, like, <laughs> he's the opposite of what I imagine Stoke football to be. I know it is changing a little bit at the moment. They're starting to play more football than just. I would argue it's, it's changed quite drastically. It has, but I don't want to give them that much credit. But still, it hasn't changed enough for them to sign Shakiri. I, I, I've tried to think about it a lot and think about its plausible reasons for going, other than maybe I want to play in the Premier League. But there's 19 Money. other teams. <laughs> yeah. There's 19 other teams, and a lot of them would pay him the same amount. But well, obviously not. But, but I don't think I don't think they'd pay the transfer fee though. That potentially I'm yeah. asking for. I just want to say I wrote about this sneak preview for all you listening for the special for True Faith. Uh, yeah, and Stoke. I'm going to come out with now, but the special is a March Day newsletter from True Faith that goes direct to your email address, totally free of charge. Written by an assortment of mags, um, obviously, which I am the worst. Uh, <laughs> lots and lots of really really good stuff in there if you're a Newcastle fan and you want good content on your mobile, your tablet or your laptop then get on the True Faith website look at everything else to offer including our video blog and podcast but also sign up for the special I think I think uh, Michael the editor said there's something like 5,000 plus signed up now so get on it yeah so Andy want to I'm going to kind of come at it from a different angle and say two things one, Stoke just do, I just don't buy it. This, this like <laughs> the, the evolution of Stoke under Mark Hughes. First of all, they've climbed like two places under Hughes than they did under Pulis, spending a fortune in the process. Stoke last season, St James's Park. I was expecting to see this progressive passing team that were just as Stoke as ever. Uh, and also the signing these players, Afalai and well, Bojan, Bo- Bojan. But Johnny Walters will still be getting a game. Oh, Fact. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> the, the, they're still going to love their diagonals. They still love a set play. They were awful against Liverpool. Liverpool were, they weren't there for the beating. But Liverpool created an out, and Stoke were playing for a draw. I just, I just not having this. So I kind of, I don't understand why. Yeah, they're, cer- they're certainly a, a better football inside than they were. In They've the still got Charlie Adam playing like the the midfield sort of creative role. Your number ten. Well, I was going to say that I don't. And I agree with you a little bit. I don't understand. Well, so they lost in Zonzi, who was their best player the last, for the last two years. Yeah, replacing him with Shakiri, I just well, maybe he's not a direct replacement. I agree. I think for twelve million quid, you can get far better. Shakiri's a massive gamble. He didn't come off at Bayern Munich. He most certainly didn't come off in the Milan. The only place he's ever been class is Basel. You could, you know. Who was class at Basel? Brett Emerton was Basel's best player once. Like, I just, yeah, I, I can't see it from Stoke's point of view, but, but time will tell. I think for so, 12 million, you can get a player who's much more suited to Stoke's needs yeah, than Shakiri. From, from his point of view, though, he's, he's had two failed transfers, one of them spectacularly considering he's leaving after six months. He's obviously just going to be wanting to take any, any realistic offer he gets. And he sat on this one for like a month, probably because he didn't want to go to Stoke. I was going to say, it doesn't look like you've not really heard anyone else coming in for him, yeah, which has so got to be a worry. He, so he's he probably thinking, he's, he's got more chance of getting another big shot if he comes to Stoke and does really well, rather than sitting on the bench at Inter. Yeah, exactly. Who are having a nightmare again. Lose, lose a year Italy. of his career. Because he's not young anymore. 20, 23. 
Oh well, there you go. He's past it. Well, but no, you're right though. He's not. He's not. He's not a kid. He should. Be, you know, there's no excuses anymore. In my opinion, it's good to see players like this come to the Premier League. It's also really funny when they don't come off. So, <laughs> yeah. like. Um, I mean, at the end the of the day, he's still, he's still in, I mean, I know it's only Switzerland, but it's, he's still in the national. Had a good player, World Cup. He had a good World a Cup. A really good World Cup. Yeah, um, I, I think he, it's a step in the right direction. If you want to be progressing, like the likes of Stoke and Palace and even us, to an extent, it's one of those players that progressing. Could, could help What do you, you mean? Ashley doesn't want progression. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can argue he doesn't with just the, the three signings <laughs> after <laughs> the last season's True. shambles. Uh, I'd, you know, if you compare, though, Shakiri to other people in the value for money that people have got I think you can get a proven Premier League you could probably get John Joe Shel- Shelby for 12 million Richie Smith loves John Joe Shelby as he told on the, the pod on Monday I'd be surprised if they let Shelby go for 12 I was going to say I think 12 a bit optimistic considering he is pretty much Swansea's team at the minute <laughs> very harsh on the, the rest of the players no no but it's, no, it's not it's just I, I really, really rate him as well I think he's class yeah. take him out of that team you've got Leon Britton or whatever his name was the lad who <laughs> played in every division with him so I think he's massively more important to them. I think. Can I just have a little gripe about the Newcastle box office, right? Go for it. Bought me Swansea tickets on online this week. When you buy the tickets, obviously it has the address address they'll be posted to, which is my address in Seaton Delaval. Not one ticket has gone to that address. <laughs> I've got to go to three addresses tonight. Two tickets have gone to my dad's house for some reason. I just just. Just do your head in. Like. I honestly think that they scout Newcastle for the stupidest people to work <laughs> in the box office. It's incredible how incompetent they are. It's like, right, this lad, he's, he's listed his address, right, okay. How can we make sure that none of the tickets go there? Okay, <laughs> right, yeah. He's, oh, he's got friends and family from other people. Yeah, okay, we've got it. We're actually going to have to send the, the customer the tickets to, to purchase there. But, uh, fair, just can't tell lucky there's not one arriving in Bournemouth at um, Hannah's. <laughs> um, that would be quite something if, yeah, they, would. if they gleaned that address <laughs> of my girlfriend's parents. Yeah. I'd quite like to mention it about Bournemouth, actually. Uh, yeah. Have we spoken about this before? Possibly. Moving that game to 12.45 is an absolute disgrace. We've it's an utter, utter disgrace. We've discussed it many times, but not specifically to Bournemouth. We've just said the away games going on like midweek down in London or whatever, it's just a farce in it. They don't, yeah. don't care about away it's fans. It's one that I think a lot of people wanted to do because it's a, it's a game we've, we've not had. I, don't know, I couldn't tell you the last time we played Bournemouth. And it's one that like conceivably you could do a decent large weekend of. And now they've moved it to twelve forty-five on the Saturday. They've just absolutely ruined it. It's going to mean it. it means people have got to go and spend money to get down there on Friday night, get accommodation on Friday night, yeah, and then sort themselves out. Oh, back. I'm not lying. I'm quite happy because I'm going down to see me and that wait, weekend. I know it's waiting for you, but for no, 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 but it means it gives us less time to get drunk as well beforehand. <laughs> so, so the after the after effects will not be so bad. But yeah, obviously it's a farce. I mean. They are, they are, if you read the stuff that's come out of the Premier League and the clubs in the past, they're supposed to consult with the clubs before the clubs agree to affix the change. So it looks like Newcastle are implicit in this. So and apart from, apart from Portsmouth away a few years ago on a Monday night, it always seems to be us. It's never You never see like Arsenal travelling to Newcastle on a Monday night. You never see Chelsea travelling to Sunderland on a Monday night. It's always the other way around. Yeah. Or Sunday at 4 o'clock, it's never. And I know Arsenal... Have had their twelve forty five moved their game twelve forty five in a couple of weeks, but it's not the end of the world. It's, it's not ideal, but it's doable. On a bank holiday weekend, though. Yeah, yeah. Like the perfect time for you to have a weekend away. Exactly. It's just uh, it's nothing. I mean, and plus that's only three. That's only three hours. Sorry, Ben. It's only three yeah. hours on the train from London here. Yeah. And Arsenal yeah. fans. Be, I bet they'll be doing no dry trains from Arsenal to Newcastle. No, either. absolutely not. 
But whereas ours is on a normal Saturday, like literally as far away as you can go, 12.45. I'm, I'm flying. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's just businessmen dodds there. Yeah. <laughs> but any, no, cheaper all, than the train. All, all, that's I'll, tell, I'll tell you now, if anyone thinking of going to Bournemouth at the moment, flights are cheaper than the train. How much are we talking I think flights, I got a flight for uh, £69 each way. That's decent. That's still quite a lot, though. Yeah, you know, well, try, try getting to London, then Bournemouth on more than, like, um, more yeah, than that. Fine. But, uh, no, all I was going to say was it's, it's one of them where you, if people start boycotting it, I still don't think it, it would make any difference because, oh, no, care I mean, what allocation are we getting to Bournemouth? Like, it only holds 11,000. 1100. So le- they're probably going to be fine. We're losing 1,100 people. They probably wouldn't care. Okay, the League Cup uh, draw was made this week. Uh, I've I've put this out on Twitter and a couple of people tried to correct me and I don't think I've been corrected. It's the first time since either the start of 2006 or I think it's 2006 uh, that Newcastle have had a home cup draw against a team not in the Premier League of the Championship. So you know your bog standard, easy draw. It's the first time in in 10 years nearly. In both cups? Yeah, that we've had an easy cup draw. Someone tweet me in if I'm wrong, which I probably am. Well, that, See, that's these ridiculous. kind of games aren't, aren't easy when they're away. I yeah, mean, but you home would, you still would expect easy. us to beat them. But yeah. They're specifically not easy for Newcastle, apparently. Yeah. At home, they're easy. Yeah, we'll beat Northampton. Yeah. But it's just, I just think, obviously, Newcastle have been shocking in the Cups, but there is a little bit. We've been so unlucky. Sunderland, this is a fact I saw on Twitter, so I can't verify it. Sunderland since the year 2000 or something mental in terms of percentage of games played in both competitions have had more home draws against lower league opposition than any other team in the Premier League did you get the percentage or I didn't get the percentage oh, I just right. got a higher percentage yeah still though it is they're, like they're just constantly at home to rubbish it's, teams it's, it's no wonder they got to a final yeah well, all, all their games were at home yeah every single one honestly everyone yeah. every, every game was at home apart from the semi-final which is two legs but yeah but even then, they still had half half of them at home. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the way to hear threw one in the net. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> practically was a home game. Um, so, lads, Northampton, are we going to win the cup, Mickey? <laughs> no. <laughs> Boo. I there, honestly there's, think there's you, pessimistic Mickey coming back. You never know, do you? Like McLaren's a cup manager. He did it for Middlesbrough. So stranger not, things have happened. It's not just that he did it, which he did. It's the, <laughs> it's the fact that. It's the fact that he, I think he got to, to two semis and two quarters, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's, it, he is genuinely really, really good in the cups. Yeah, cup football. Much like Benitez, like with him as the manager, you fancy yourself to have at least a run. I think we'll do all right in at least one of the cups. I don't necessarily think we'll win it. Probably not. We'll, we might get to the final, make an absolute scene of it, spend all <laughs> of our money, and then come home unhappy again. But I'd, I'd rather have that than go out it's, in the third it's, round. It's pathetic that I think like this, but it's it's like, what would you rather get to the final of? The FA Cup or the League Cup? Well, obviously the FA Cup is what people always talk about, but might win the League Cup. Might win the League Cup, and also it's, ah, the semi. You've got to go twice. You've got to go for the semi for the FA Cup and the final. I just think it takes away a bit of the magic, and yeah. you get a, a much reduced allocation for the final. And if you'd won, if you'd won the semi final, you'd just be thinking this isn't as good <laughs> like, as the <laughs> semi when there was fifteen thousand more marks and we won compared to getting beat two 0 off Chelsea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Andy. Will you be? Will you actually? Will you be going to the game, Andy? Well, I don't know. I'm not in a particularly good financial situation at the moment, but I'll probably try to. Yeah. Which game? Um, the Northampton game, not the final. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way away, but I'll probably still be in a poor financial situation when the final. <laughs> it's comes not that. Around. It's not that far. I think it's a week after next. 
But uh, but yeah, I'll probably be going. Um, don't know. I've not seen him play against a like a lower league side in quite a long time. Um, what would you call it? Sunderland Villa. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm quite excited. I'd like. I'm interested to see what team we put out, how we approach the game. Um, I think it'll be good. Um, but you never know when your castle will either be a reasonable day because we've beaten a, a poor side or it'll be a terrible day because we're going to be shown first on the highlight show because we've lost 2-1 <laughs> to Northampton. <laughs> Last time Northampton played in the Premier League or played a Premier League team, 1-2-1 Liverpool, famously Roy Hodgson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be really... Was that, that was at Liverpool as well, wasn't at it? At Liverpool, line. Yeah, I remember that. I'll be really interested to see the attendance and I made this point a couple of times on the special. Obviously, the Newcastle fans have been quite vociferous about the club's failure in the Cups. Newcastle have been getting poor cup attendances since the time of Bobby Robson, really. You know, thir- 20, I think late Orient were played at home under Robson, no 102. 24,000 turned up. Tickets haven't been expensive, by the way. You're talking 50, 10, 15, 20 quid for an adult ticket. It's not cheap, don't get us wrong. I, 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 that's kind of beside the point, though, because nobody, really, no, nobody our age, at least anyway, really wants to just go to the match and then go straight home. Like, if you're going to do it, you want to go have a few pints, have some food. I'll cut points after. So you're looking at like 70, 80 quid minimum anyway for okay. the day. Yeah, no, that's when fine. you're doing but that 19 times in the league, do you really want to do it again for Northampton at home in the Cup? I wanna, I'm want i going to go and support my team like I normally do. And I just, I, I don't know, I get the feeling that a lot of these, not everyone, but a lot of the people who shout loudest on social media are the ones who wouldn't dream of going. It's because <laughs> none of them actually got the match. Yeah. It? And I just feel it would be great to see 30,000, 35,000 there. And... You know, it should send a, not that he'd listen, but it would send a message to say like, right, we're taking this seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to do it as well because I think this cup policy, which sounds like it was born in the brain of John Irving, um, you know, he's the one that said it at the fans forum about they're not trying in the cups. They probably thought, well, twenty two thousand turned up, twenty four thousand turned up. I mean, which you know, probably still one of the best crowds of the night. By the way, I remember. I don't know if you saw recently. Actually, really interesting. Um, Man United's actual cup. Attendances were released, so not the amount of tickets sold. The yeah, actual amount of people yeah. That went so in. when Newcastle played them twelve thirteen and got beat two one in the third or fourth round, the attendance was given as 45, 44th or forty two thousand. Newcastle fans were charged forty five quid for a ticket to that. By the way, yeah, Man United season disgrace. ticket holders have to take the, the cup games. There was actually only twenty eight thousand there. Really? So for Manchester United, who do try in the cups against a prem team at home as well? Yeah, I mean it was a ridiculous price. I don't blame the people, the good people of Manchester, for not turning up that one. Especially since Podgy was going to throw it. <laughs> Were they playing? Do they have to pay the same amount? Something similar. To yeah, so, yeah, similar. A little thing I remember about that game, by the way. Did CC hit the ball with an overhead kick in that he match? He did, yeah, for, an equal, for an equaliser. Absolutely ridiculous. I was watching Frankie Boy live. <laughs> I was re- go and support my team every time. <laughs> How except, except, except when, when Frankie Frank Boyle's on. Time Frank is on. <laughs> he was terrible. Awful. I don't think Frankie Boyle's funny at all. Yeah, you, you lads got me. I didn't remember Ben for my birthday. I do, yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to win the League Cup but no one's actually going to turn up and watch <laughs> I, That's think th- I think you made a good point though about maybe it's it is that thing where nobody really does turn up for it and it's I, I get both sides of it but I, I do think if there was a if, if there was real interest and people genuinely went to the games I think you'd just the the play. I think the players probably get the the feeling that it's it's not really a serious game when the players the, shouldn't the, need people to turn up. No, no, no. Though. But I, th- I think you can definitely see when the crowd are behind the team. They, they, there is that lift there, and they do they do try harder. It's just human nature, isn't it? That when people are screaming at you, Mickey, I think uh, a good supporting argument for Ben there would be the Europa League run. 
when post and uh, the group stage the city really got behind the team and you had like 45,000 turning up for the round of 32 game when the likes of Spurs are playing those games getting 24, 25,000 and we had double that turning up and you know what they say about Pardew he probably really hoping to throw that <laughs> <laughs> get out of Europe as soon as possible and they just couldn't it turned into a massive big deal and Benfica sold out as he's expected it would do but I do. I, th- I think there's a difference between the latter stages of the Europa League against teams like Benfica. But you've you've got to get that. <laughs> no, it's true. I, it's and especially true, the way the team have played the last few years, they've been awful against like bang average teams. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm not going to this Brighton game by the way here, but no, 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 there's no, de- yeah. definitely an argument that the the draw of a a home cup tie early on against a poor team isn't that strong. I think um, a lot of the people you get going to these sort of cup matches are the type of people who probably only go to this match every year and like, they're the ones that have like dad number nine on the back of their top and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> you see a lot of them with like what the, are you saying Andy? the four-year-old kids well, our, our dad's literally got a padre on the back of his top <laughs> and nine. he does go to every match but, like my point is like you get people who've taken their kids who realistically probably can't afford to go to another match yeah. so they go to that one so i mean you do obviously get them fans and it's a bit different because it is a different fan base you hear a different noise if you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's a bit of like a, a different noise but yeah I, th- I think it's just the fact that it's, as you say, it's just it's having the intent there, isn't it? I mean, you can't make people go. They're, they're not everyone. You're not going to sell out St James's to Northampton, are you? But it would just be good if there was a good atmosphere there. Yeah, yeah, especially for the young lads who are probably going to play mm-hmm. from Newcastle. It's a shame, like this kind of attitude. I know you said the cup attendances weren't great under Robson, but this kind of attitude has definitely been affected by the fact that we haven't tried and in the Cups for such a long time mm-hmm. oh yeah you can't you can't blame people can you but no, well, I just, I t- again me, me, me article when me bit for the special was disagreeing entirely with that but I, I understand the argument where you're coming from like what comes first the chicken with the egg did, did Newcastle need to have a decent cup run for the crowd to start coming back but we, we, we did used to try in the Cups and the Robson and the Glen Roder when 26,000 turned up against Birmingham at home um, was that when we got battered as five well? Five five one. One. that was awful I remember Glenn Roder was given one of the biggest clubs in English football to run for a year. That was, that was poor planning uh, on on Freddie's part. Uh, you know what I'd love to do, by the way, one day? I'd love to have a radio show. We might do this. I might ask him a radio show on, on Sir John Hall because he just splits opinions so much. You might ask him. Ask John Hall. John, John Hall wouldn't come. He doesn't. He wouldn't have anything to do with the likes of us. <laughs> But um, no, like Mick Martin was recently discussing it with Martin Hardy. Anytime it's mentioned on the True Faith Facebook page, it splits opinion. Some people see him as a saviour, others don't. I mean, to be honest, the kind of informed opinion seems to be that he was kind of terrible for Newcastle in terms of the money he took out, best paid directors in Europe. But it's just a fascinating debate. So I'd like to talk about that. I, th- I think there's there's arguments for both, but it's, as you say, it's one for another another show or pod. Yeah, I'd definitely be up for that. Yeah, definitely. Next time. Tune in, listeners. <laughs> just wait until we've got beat of, of a rubbish team and we don't really want to talk about If we that. lose to Vile ever, that will just pretend like it hasn't happened. Because yeah. it, would, it wouldn't have happened really because it's not losing a real football team or club. Doesn't or even place. count. Doesn't count. <laughs> uh, lads, I might get some predictions off you now. Nothing like putting your neck on the line. I don't even know which games it is. Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> 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 just give me three scores and I'll buy them the games. I'll go around the room. So I'm picking out the trickiest fixtures. We may as well start off tomorrow. Ben, you're going to record this yet? We are recording live, yes, Doug. Yeah, but you're going to write it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Andy. Tell yes. me how you see Southampton and Everton going. I see that as a... 
I don't want to be the king of one-one draws here, but I genuinely think that'll probably be a one-one draw. What do you mean? <laughs> you don't want to be the king of them. Well, king I'm of one-one draws for saying one-one once. I said one-one <laughs> earlier on for our result as well. But yeah, that's that's what I think will happen. I think that'll be a one-one. Um, I just Everton. Obviously, I used to think they were a very very good side. Aren't that good a side anymore? Southampton, decent side. Can't see either of them banging in loads of goals. I can't see either of them defending particularly well. I just see it as a really, really boring yeah, one. I disagree with all of those points. <laughs> Go on then, Mickey. All of those points. <laughs> Every single point. Southampton have got a, a solid defence, crack and striker, good attack inside. I think Everton have got a reasonable defence. We've argued about this on the podcast. You've got a manager that doesn't know how to implement any <laughs> yeah, sort of defence. manager that's dismantling the team, apparently. And then they've got Kone, who bagged last week. Lukaku, who's not in great form, but still, you can't argue that he's a decent player. <coughs> so I think that's, there's two... Re- and Shane Long bags all the time. Huh. Well, I mean, <laughs> you on, literally Mickey. think that the two defences and two strike forces are class. <laughs> Give us a score, Mickey. I think it'll be 3-1 Southampton. I didn't well, spend much time thinking about my prediction, <laughs> by the way, just put it out there. Um, I've got Kone and Lukaku starting up front for my real fantasy football <laughs> yeah, team. Both, both. <laughs> I've, I've gone full, full, uh, I've, I've gone full guns. Scored two goals. <laughs> yeah, and I'm waiting for his third to be uh, popped in uh, tomorrow tomorrow afternoon. Um, and I've also got uh, Sadio Mane, or whatever his name is. I've um, got Mane as well. Well, you can't have because I've got him. In a, in a different league. Well, oh, I don't I'll care I'll about In a different that. format then as well. That's yeah. the same format. Oh, have you got two leagues going? I have. Oh. Who are with? One's on... In the shadows, eh? Fantasy football, which I, I oh, genuinely right. don't think is as good as... RFF, yeah. Did you hear that, listeners? RFF is the, uh, the we'll, better... We'll talk about it in a little bit, RFF. But anyway, but yeah. um, so I'm hoping for just goals galore. Um, <laughs> I think even the person I'm playing has a defender of either Everton or Southampton, so... Um, yeah, I, I would like to see a 3-2 to Everton. 3-2 to Everton? Yes, I think it will be 5-1 to Southampton. Southampton's last home game, they absolutely blitzed Villa, like ridiculous 6-1, what, three fastest hat-trick for Mane? I think they're going to pick up where they left off. Koeman's back in the dugout. I think they'll be they'll be absolutely flying. I think they're a really good. He'll just be fan. sat in his chair all game, though. He's, he's on Everton, Everton just can't defend. They just don't know how to defend. They don't know how to play football. No, I'd like right, to see Koeman right. charging out of his dugout in a wheelchair. <laughs> 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 That, awesome. would be, that would be brilliant. There's awesome stuff on Twitter. He might replicate. Because obviously if he, if he was sitting down and got up, he would immediately win with pain. I think <laughs> harshly, one of the all-time great football moments, moments is when Gary Lewin, when it's either when England equalised Italy or it's when the Thorpe oh, yeah, had yeah. scored. It was Ray the, Stubbs it was, broke it was his ankle. It was, the, it was the Italy game. Yeah, it was, yeah. Cup. I know, it was yeah. after um, we'd scored. Yeah, we scored. So we got the equaliser. He was racing he... out of the bench and just did his ankle, <laughs> sent home. Broke it like on the pitch, though, broke his ankle, had to like be stretched off. Yeah, it was so funny Ridiculous, watching it. Obviously, very brilliant. harsh. Yeah, like poor bloke. But so have you, have you recorded all our predictions there? Yep, so we've, do you want to. Oh, we don't need to recap. We're doing a recap. If anyone's listening and would like to take part in the listener prediction, get tweet us. We'll get you in. We'll have a listener's column. Um, so Southampton Everton. Do you want we can give listeners their, their own column. Yes. Not, not just one for general listeners. Oh, well, <laughs> if they don't take part every week, that's a bit pointless. So just. Yeah, but then what we're going to do with Sai? Uh, who? Who? <laughs> bit part podcast and radio show. If he's listening, get yourself to your, your party. Yeah. We don't want you here. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, I think he's got some some kind of season ticket for House of Party. <laughs> <laughs> Because he sacked, us off, uh, sacked off his Newcastle one out of quotation mark 
principle, close quotation mark. <laughs> um, lads, give me a prediction on Watford West Brom. Is a hard one for you. Watford West Brom. How are you going to react if I say one-one here? <laughs> the um, king of one-one strikes again. I think that would make us the king of one. I don't <laughs> think this will be a one-one. Um, I'd go two-nil West Brom. Um, I just I've always had a little thing about West Brom, but I think they've, they've, they've always got a bit of a threat to score. No particular reasoning behind that. I just do think so. Um, Watford, obviously, new boys can just see them conceding reasonably easily. So yeah, two-nil. I'm going to go 2 1 West Brom. I think Deeney will score for Watford because he's class. I'd love it if Deeney scores. Yeah, I watched his goal today. His goal against Leicester in the uh, Championship <laughs> playoff semi final is one of the best things I've That's ever seen. It's the only thing I've ever seen of Troy Deeney, but makes us like him as a player. Scored, I think he scored 20 goals in yeah, each of the last three seasons. Three seasons, yeah. yeah first ever Watford player to do it. Yeah, so you can't argue with that. Although Gufran is the first place in Shearer to score in five per <laughs> second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. Um, Marvel's a footballer. Yeah, two one. I think West Brom will get two two decent goals. They've got that new lad as well up front. Oh, Rondon. Rondon. Don't know yeah. anything about him, but apparently he's good. Boom. Um I uh, agree with Mickey. I think it will be um two nil, I think. <laughs> Surely you can't have the same score. I said two one. I said two nil. No though. no no, I'm well I'm saying I'm just saying I agree West Brom will win. I think um Pulis got it wrong against Man City the other night and they got torn apart. Um, Admitted it, though. Yeah, yeah, I know, but he still got it wrong. Um, I think he'll put it right this week. It'll be a lot more difficult. Watford, um, they, they had a good good, good result last week. Came out and took advantage of it. Yeah, they took advantage of a poor Everton performance. Um, but I just think Pulis knows how to scratch out these wins. They've got Ricky Lambda print, who I'm a big fan of. He'll uh, bad goals, and still got Berahino as well. So um, I think they'll, they'll shut up shop. They'll stop Watford scoring, and I think uh, they'll they'll grab two goals. Be interesting to see who he plays up front. Whether he'll put Berahino wide instead of up top with Lambert, Rondon, and him. I think Watford will win four-one. <laughs> I I can't see where West Brom were terrible. Tony Pulis against a very good Man City. Yeah, Tony Pulis. Better teams have been taken apart like that. Tony Pulis uh, historically isn't great away from home in the Premier League. Relies on home form, uh, and I just think Watford are, as I said, my pre-season predictions. Going to get top 11th, four. Eleventh, <laughs> I think. Top finished. four. I think they're a good team full of attacking players, and uh, I, yeah, I like the manager. I like the players. I, I think they'll they'll beat West Brom, and West Brom will have a bit of. Um, Tell me a few things about the manager, Dogger. Well, he did very very well in Spain. He's managing the Champions League which not most Premier League managers can't say uh, his last job as well very unlucky to be sacked at Valencia what's he called? Uh, Kike Sanchez Flores well done any more questions on him mate? I'll take that <laughs> I've got his height just check you've been doing your I mean, he's, uh, he's your just got a lot of credibility I just think he, he walks into that I mean comparing I mean I know he would comparing to Ranieri when they're like oh <laughs> I mean, mate, you haven't had a success since 2004 whereas this lad um, at Watford is a you know, basically, there is other um, clubs I think across Europe who would have taken him. There'd been the demand for a signature. His first home game. It is Watford, a strange one for him, isn't it? Take a well, pre- Premier League. I mean, I'm sure. no, it's the Premier League, but they're owned I mean, by that team that's got the Italian, uh, that family that's got the Italian well, team. It was amazing, well, and they also have Gren- Granada in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Granada. I've yeah. been to Granada's ground. Have you? Yeah, I watched a nil-nil against oh. Espanyol. It was by far and away one of the worst games of football I've ever seen right, like change, me, change me prediction based on this information that I've only just received <laughs> no, I don't. Um, so who's going to get the goals then 
Well, how we've only got ten minutes left. Go on then. Who's only got the girls next? Um, Dini, four girls. There you go. <laughs> next final, we may as well go with the big one. Have a little bit of a talk about it. It's the Premier League preview after all. The TF Weekly Radio Show. Mark them to get beat. <laughs> Obviously, I've made this point in the special tomorrow as well. Have you seen their start of the season? So easy. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so easy. I think of their fir- their first eight games, the hardest games are Spurs and Swansea at home. That's it. And the rest of them are just absolute cannon fodder. <laughs> um, they've already got done one though. I thought they'd pick up something at Leicester, but they didn't. They got know. battered as well. Leicester were meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's going to be Man City Chelsea. I'm going to ask you about first, Andy. Man City Chelsea. It's at City as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, it's one 0 either way for me. I think it's one 0 Chelsea. I've got a funny feeling with what's been going on at Chelsea this week. Mm. I reckon City are going to do them two 0 I, I, I really don't think that will affect bit. them. I just feel like it's really unlikely to affect them. What's Probably going on with City. The, the City looked excellent the other night. Yaya looks like he can be bothered to play again. Is Aguero fit? Well, he was on the bench. He came, he came, he came on. Came on so yeah. so mm. I think he'll be. Fit. I think he'll play. That's the difference. If Aguero starts, I think City will. City could take it if he doesn't. It'll probably be Chelsea, but I'm gonna stick. I stick with two 0 City. Two 0 City. I'm gonna go for one one. One sitting on the fence. I just think, um, as Andy said, Mourinho will do everything to make it a terrible, terrible game of football, <laughs> um, including kicking Aguero when he comes on, probably and trying to injure him. Um, I just think Man City played well, but again, it was against a rubbish West Brom team, um, and I just think the what something funny. No, I'll just get my prediction ready and just realise that you's lot are going to go mental again. <laughs> but that is a genuine prediction. How are you? 5 2 City. 5 2 City. I think Chelsea are in disarray. I think we'll talk about the pod on Monday. They haven't, they haven't played well in 2015. The traditional defensive stability is all over the place. Courtois out. I know Begovic is a reasonable replacement, but Ivanovic looked shot last week mm. against a pacey winger. They're going to play Navas. He's going to. Given real questions, I just they're not, they're not playing Navas on the left. Sterling, Sterling, Raheem Sterling is probably even better. Yeah, <laughs> um, you never right. know. You might switch them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's got no left foot though, does he? Now he's, he's hardly got a right foot. No, he doesn't left need foot. it. <laughs> he doesn't need it. To be fair, that Montero lad was cutting back, and yeah. Valerich fell for it every time. <laughs> uh, and I just, I just, I'm really, I think Chelsea are done. I do. And it's early days. One game after he's, one game after he predicted they would win the league. <laughs> yeah. They're done. I, I foresaw it. Even though I'm making all these well, predictions. Well, I say they're done. Well I, just, I just mean I think I think Man City are going to win the league comfortably. Um, comfortably. Yeah, I don't see I anyone. I don't know how you can how you can have gone so drastically. Well, Liverpool what you said last week. Liverpool, Chelsea are going to come to Man City are going to comfortably win the league. I didn't say that. I never went Chelsea. I thought I said I thought Liverpool would push Chelsea. And now I'm swapping sw- sw- didn't, didn't, ha- didn't you have Liverpool out, out of the top four there? I was second, mate. Did you? Oh, you only had wow. them second so you could put United out of the top four. <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> out of Van Gaal's spite. <laughs> and uh, Man City going from what? Fourth? Man to, City. To, to win it? Man City fourth to win it, yeah. Unbelievable. After a 3 0 win at West So do you want to re change your Watford prediction no, as well? No, they're 11th nil down. <laughs> I think you've lost your head. <laughs> Here we go again. Remember he's how just, he's just, his predictions? He's been listening to Durham so much on uh, Talksport. He's just trying to be controversial. In I'd like to remind listeners of one of the great moments of my life when I pre- when we did predictions of the first day of last season. I predicted Manchester United one, Swansea two, and was laughed out of podcast recording. Where? What happened? I don't remember. Yeah, Swansea turned up at Old Trafford. 
picked up a 2-1 win. I'd lost my head, apparently. You had lost your head. The rest is history. I stand by it, because that's a ridiculous <laughs> prediction. Well, it came off. How could it be a ridiculous prediction? <laughs> it is, it is it though, happens. isn't it? It is a ridiculous prediction. Just like 5-2 is. Even I, if it happens tomorrow. I knew or Sunday, what I'm still Van Hall think was. Ridiculous. <laughs> I knew from the start what he was. I'm pretty sure you, you bet on Man U losing every... You predicted Man U to lose every game last season, though, so it was <laughs> bound well, to happen if, once. If it wasn't for De Gea, they would have. <laughs> and now he's gone. <laughs> um, and they've lost Falcao, of course. Right, lads, uh, that's what we've got all the predictions out. We'll, we'll go through those next week. We'll just kind of finish off the show. Uh, RFF, uh, we talked about it last week, real fantasy football. Uh, really, really fun way to play fantasy football. Much better than the, the traditional methods. It's it's only £5 to play across the year. How we've just had our first uh, transfer well, scandal, I'll call it. What's a scandal? The, the transfers. So you told me a few days ago that you couldn't do anything about it. Then I... I pick up my phone as I leave work today to find everybody's raided all of the free transfers <laughs> and I've been left bloody sat at work doing that completely unaware of this <laughs> <laughs> completely well, unaware of this it's a on Richie Branson there been yeah. sat at work doing that <laughs> <laughs> it was a gentleman's agreement Ben without me taking I didn't even know part. that was in place I it's made loads of transfers today Oh, well, you still do it because I haven't actually switched off. But anyway, the podcast team, which I was going to talk about, we're very fortunate. We've got a cracking group of listeners taking part. Um, oh, no, I'm on the wrong squad. But hey, <laughs> basically, we managed Alex Cato last week, uh, listener of the show, managed to comfortably beat her. So a good start. That's because you've picked terrible players. I wish I was here for the draft. I can't believe it. The, the, terrible the draft took two and a half hours. Yeah, you wouldn't have wanted to you be here. Be we, here. Were, we, we were literally two, in tears. You spent two and a half hours picking a t- shocking team. It's, it's not that easy when other other other, other players pick he, the team. He the, panicked. Yeah. Basically, RF had a met. It's, it's the podcast derby this week on RFF. We've got Michael Crean. I'd love, I'd love to turn over his smug little London face as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and throw his satchel on the ground and <laughs> stamp on it. Throw his uh, fashionista satchel on the ground. So yeah, RFF is going to be a fun weekend. There's some good fixtures going ahead, and I think we're just about done, guys. Uh, nearly, I suppose. I had a stinker, by the way, with my team. Oh, I beat you, didn't I? I put Costa on the bench <laughs> because I didn't anyway. think he was going to play. I don't, I, yeah, and then I started <laughs> Lambert and Berahino. <laughs> <laughs> girls, <laughs> girls, girls. <laughs> don't know what I was thinking. I've, I've since got rid of Lambert, and drafted in Vardy, who was. Ben was making fun of you, fun of you yeah, before, was. before, before you He's potentially going to get sacked as well. He's not. No, he's not. He's, I know he's not going to. He's going to get sacked. I know he's not. I just want to put it out there. To play him and, him and that Japanese fellow for every game. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. I'm not going to pretend to know his name. I don't know him. Bit like but I know they spent £9 million on a 29 year old Japanese striker. Okay, Zaki. Yeah. Knowledge, Ben. But it's only because I did last last for the preview thing of the week. But. Nah, At least you actually did the research, Ben. It's, it's black as uh, sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, racism should be settled with a handshake. No, it shouldn't. Uh, get out. <laughs> Vardy Depen- should be sacked. Depends on the on the um, setting. <laughs> yes, on the football pitch. Maybe not in the casino at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, lads, I suppose it wouldn't be a football kind of chat that's being broadcast if we didn't talk a little bit about Chelsea medic uh, fitness woman game. Either Carmiera, what she called. And... The doctor who no one talks about because he's not Do- attractive woman. Do- doctor <laughs> Hearn. Who, who, lads, who thinks this is... I mean, I, I feel bad talking about it because I'm so sick of hearing about yeah, it. Yeah. But your thoughts, Andy? Um, it's just a bit a bit ridiculous, to be honest. It's became such a massive thing as well. Like like you said, you can't can't look at any sort of social media without reading about it. Um, my own personal opinion on it is if your player's going to lie on the floor. Yeah. 
do you not expect your medics to to want to take action? Like where it doesn't make sense to us. Like it's like he's openly saying, well, he's only lying on the floor to waste time. Like yeah, it it's should. Just, it's mind-boggling that he's even came out and had a go for it. I just want to come in because I think this is ridiculous that it's got the hype it has. Like, and the Premier League should make it. If you're gonna stay down, like feign injury, so you're cheating, basically time wasting. You should have to go off. Yeah, I agree with you that. You should have to go off. And there, and no, it's, you do. It's hard. No, no, no. But not sometimes the, it, it's, only if the, it's only oh, if they right, don't so. send the physio on. But how would you know if they're time wasting or not? What do you mean? How do you know that John? Well, because hurts? if he hops up after 30 seconds, like 90 percent of them do, then there's clearly nothing wrong with them. I mean, if you're hurt yeah, enough, surely you want the medic. methodology. But huh? <laughs> I, under, I, I agree with the sentiment, but there's flaws in the methods. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, well, if he's seriously injured, then he's going to go off anyway, isn't he? And he's right though. If he's if he's hurt, he's going to want the medic to come on. If he's not, oh, absolutely. He won't. Yeah, yeah. There's two different things we're saying here. But supposedly has a has a signal that he wanted them to come on. I'm, as well. go, I'm going with uh, it's just Mourinho again. I just think it's all. I think it's all a, a a con. I don't think either of them were ever in any danger of getting sacked. Every radio show this week, every radio show, every newspaper article has talked about this. Not, not talking about Chelsea. Chelsea's shocking. They were awful. Awful against Swansea. They conceded terrible goals. Terrible goals. That's just about it. Thanks very much for listening. Ben, Andy and Mickey, thanks for your time. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, we'll be back next week, usual time. Hopefully we'll have a very special guest, uh, a journalist on the show, to talk through a few things with us. Uh, more on that next week. Please listen to our podcast on Monday. We've got the video blog now on YouTube. We'll have a video blog straight after Swansea because we're going. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.